0: Hi, everyone. Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us, and he has a word for you today. We are sure of it. Take some time out to listen, and we'll be back soon as we're done. God bless you. Family, if you don't mind, let's go ahead and pray. God, I thank you for each and every person here. I thank you. We never take it for granted. This opportunity that we have to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person and that everybody under the sound of my voice will get something out of the message today they can use. They can use and make their lives better. God, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but they will be able to use this message and make their lives better immediately. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. And if you have your Bibles, lift them up. It doesn't matter what form they take and say this confession with me. Say, this is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God breathed and I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God has created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God, and it shall forever be to me my Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm. Loved ones, we have entered into a new series entitled Only If. The key topic in this series is the topic of forgiveness. Now, we're talking about forgiveness. Forgiveness is an interesting topic. It is a topic that can be sensitive or a bit touchy. At times, quite frankly, the topic can be downright emotionally explosive. Such volatility is because the topic in and of itself, it evokes varying emotions in a variety of people because of the wide breadth of possible reasons for the need For forgiveness If I were to say that simpler, I would say it this way. No two people's path to forgiveness are the same Because the feelings and emotions and realities surrounding each situation is different Let's think of it in this light consider this We can have two women both of them grew up without their biological father being in their life. Let's call it woman A and woman B. Now for woman A, let's assume that woman A grew up in a single mother home, but the mother had a very successful career. Woman A also had in her life extended family who cared and they were around all the time in all we could probably say that woman a had a healthy and enjoyable upbringing then there's woman b now woman b also grew up in a single mother home but here you have what mother woman b with a mom who struggled to make ends meet because she struggled to make ends meet woman b had a life where she was thrust into adult realities early on. She had to take on adult responsibilities as a youth. She had to get a job to, you know, help make ends meet. Because she was the oldest, she also had to become mom number two. And for all practical purposes, in many respects, she was probably mom number one. Because mom had a boyfriend or two and those were not the kind of men that a young girl should be comfortable about comfortable around. Woman B also always had to keep her head on a swivel. Keeping an eye out for herself and her younger siblings. Woman B. If we were to put it into some very simple terms woman B during her youth she really didn't have any time to play. She didn't have any time during her youth to be young. Woman B in her mind. She is inundated with memories of an upbringing that left her with deep scars. Now both of these women grew up without their biological fathers in their life. But the pathway that one has to clear To even get these women to consider the idea of forgiving their father is very different likely from woman A to woman B. Yeah, each forgiveness case is unique. That is why what we're doing with this initial session is we're going to use this session to set the stage. Set the stage for the topic so that we all will have a common understanding of what we're saying when we use the word forgiveness Family forgiveness can be tricky but not impossible Actually forgiveness is quite possible As long as you remove or severely diminish the roadblocks to forgiveness Oh, yeah, forgiveness is quite possible There are three fundamental roadblocks that stand before someone who in their mind believes forgiveness is not possible. We're going to display those three items for you now. The first one is the person can have a confusion about what forgiveness really entails. The second one. The person can be unaware that forgiveness is actually for them. And number three. The person can probably really not have in their mind that recognition and acceptance of forgiveness. Well, it boils down to that forgiveness is a choice. I have three forgiveness roadblocks here. If someone else were giving you a presentation, they may have different ones before you. But for me, these are the three that God has given me to talk to you about. So let's tackle that first one first. Number one is a roadblock can be the person has confusion about what forgiveness entails. I'm going to show you another slide now because for that very first roadblock what we need to do is kinda talk about what forgiveness does not entail. When you think about forgiveness I want you to note that forgiveness is not any of the three things that I'm currently displaying before you before you are three items none of these items are synonymous with forgiveness those items are reconciliation that is not synonymous with forgiveness ignoring or denying the pain not for not not synonymous with forgiveness Condoning what was done, not synonymous with forgiveness. Let's tackle reconciliation, and we're going to tackle each one of these briefly. Family reconciliation is about relationship repair. And if we were to be true and honest with ourselves, we would probably say introducing Or reintroducing in your life someone that did something that hurt you may not necessarily be the right thing to do there may be a reason that they shouldn't be in your life them not being an integral part of your life may be the move plus when we talk about reconciliation we need to realize that reconciliation rests on a foundation of trust and depending on the circumstances surrounding the issue, the bridge of trust between you and that other individual or you and those people, that bridge may be torched and damaged well beyond repair. So forgiveness is not synonymous with reconciliation. What about this next one? Forgiveness is not synonymous with ignoring or denying the pain that you felt. Family, when you forgive somebody, forgiving somebody does not change the past of what happened. When you say, I forgive you, the past doesn't go away. The pain that you felt was very real. What you experienced was very real. When you forgive somebody, that forgiveness is not some magic eraser that erases or removes your hurts from the past. That's not what forgiveness is all about. We also have this third one condoning what the subject did. Loved ones, if what that person or persons did to you, If it was wrong before you forgave them, it is still wrong after you forgave them. That's right. If what they did to you was wrong before you forgave them, it's still going to be wrong after you forgave them. Notice what I said there, though. I said if. And the word if there is very important because I always want to leave room for a certain scenario, and that scenario is one that is real, and it happened in my life. So I always say if, but let me explain. When I was growing up as a youth, my parents made some decisions concerning me that I, quite frankly, did not like. If I were completely honest with you, I would tell you that down deep in my heart I harbored some deep-seated resentment for them for this decision that they made when I got older though and had children of my own my view of their decision changed I realized that the decision that they made was understandable And it made sense from a parental perspective. As I got older, I realized that I was upset with them because I was not as wise then as they were. I used the word if to cover those type of scenarios or cases like that where you may have felt an offense or you may have been hurt at the time by something that maybe you had a wrong perspective of at the time that being said though that case being put out there and now that case being put to the side if what that person or persons did to you was wrong before you forgave them that same thing is gonna still be wrong after you forgive them. Forgiveness when you forgive someone that is not somehow an admission that what they did is somehow okay or acceptable in your eyes. Forgiveness is not synonymous with condoning what someone did we've taken some time and we have talked about for that very first one understanding what forgiveness entails we've talked about what forgiveness is not or I can say it this way we have talked about what forgiveness does not entail and once again things I've talked to you about someone else could incorporate other things that forgiveness does not entail but I'm sharing with you what God put on my heart to share with you concerning forgiveness we now have to talk about the flip side meaning if we know what forgiveness does not entail now let's flip that coin and let's talk about what forgiveness does entail For that, we have to do a brief word study. Turn your attention to the monitors. If we were to do a word search on the origin of the verb forgive, what we would learn is the premise behind the word forgive is this. Notice what it says. The word forgive, its origin is to give up desire or power to punish. I want you to focus on that last word there. Punish. When you as a person put on somebody's chest figuratively speaking of course when you put on their chest a label that says i will not forgive you what you are really saying in essence or really expressing is i desire notice the word there i desire to punish you for what you did that's really what you're saying When you hold back your forgiveness from somebody, you are saying, I desire to punish you for what you did. The word desire is not the only element in that word, our origin. It also has a word power. It talks about the desire to punish and it talks about the power to punish. In most cases, focusing on that word power, the power that we actually express or exercise when we don't forgive somebody is we hold back our forgiveness. That is one way we exercise our power to punish. Another way we exercise our power to punish is we do everything that we can to make sure we distance you as far as we can from our life. Once again, we're exercising our desire to punish. Also, in many cases, if the truth be told, we may not have the power to punish. So in our minds, what we probably are thinking when we look at the subject or the individual or those people is we're thinking, you had better be glad that I don't have the power to inflict upon you the punishment or judgment that I think you deserve. Now, if you really want to talk about where the rubber really hits the road. If you want to be honest, honest, honest. Nobody has tied our hands together. Nobody has bound your feet together. We do have the power to physically go on the offensive. But for most people, in most cases, The reality is, even though I do have power where I can go on the offensive and physically inflict punishment on you or at least try, you better be glad I don't have the nerve to do to you or try to do to you what I got in my mind to do to you. Oh, yeah. You better be glad I don't have the nerve to go to jail for what I want to do to you. You better be glad I don't have the nerve to lose my job for what I want to do to you. You better be glad that I don't have the nerve to lose my family for what I want to do to you. You better be so glad that I don't have the nerve to lose my reputation over what I want to do to you. We are not bound hand and foot. And the reality is that we can express our power to punish. But in most cases, if we were to talk to that person from our heart, we would be saying, you better be glad that I don't have the nerve to go through with what I want to do to you. In some extreme cases, though, and unfortunately. A person's feelings and emotions get the best of them. The person just throws caution to the wind and they go ahead and they exert their power to punish the subject. When that happens, that's when you see things like a person releases those incriminating photos on social media. That's when you see things like. A person will set fire to or damage that beloved or cherished property. That's when you see a person that enters an office or a place of business with a loaded gun and just opens fire. Family expression of that power to punish is the stuff that vengeance is made of. Whether the case is mild Or very extreme the end all of what I'm saying when I say I am not gonna forgive you is that I believe you should be punished for what you did loved ones when you hold back your forgiveness you are issuing a verdict to punish Lift your voice and say this with me. Say, when I hold back forgiveness, I am issuing a verdict of punishment. Now, we want to go ahead and take some more steps into this thing. And to do this, we need to talk about two suffixes. Turn your attention to the screen. There are two suffixes before you. One is er, the other is n-e-s-s. If you remember from your grammar classes, er, they would teach you to say er. And n-e-s-s, they would teach you that's ness. The interesting part about these two items is that each suffix creates a noun out of another verb form, another word form. Excuse me. Let's take E.R. first. As you will notice by the diagram, the suffix E.R. converts a verb into a noun. Let's talk about this for a second. If we look at the verb make or to make, as it's probably stated in in the dictionary, but the verb make. We are well familiar with that verb. I could use that verb to say things like my wife makes me happy. My wife makes me smile. I can say my wife makes me a better man make now if i take that word though and i append it with er at the end i get the word maker which means the one or person doing the making what if i do the same thing with the word do if i put er on the end of the word do I convert the verb do to the noun doer which is one who does the doing if I take the verb forgive and I put ER on the end of it I get the noun forgiver which is one who does the forgiving and family a forgiver is who we want to be I want you to turn your attention back to the origin slide let's reflect back on that and talk about the word we just created which is the word forgiver when you are a forgiver and you look at this origin slide That tells us that a forgiver is a person who has given up their desire or power to punish. Loved ones, that is what the act of forgiving entails. The act of forgiving entails you giving up the desire or power to punish. Wherever you are, say this with me. Say, as a forgiver, I give up the desire or power to punish. Now I told you we were going to talk about another suffix. We've talked about er, but let's go back to the suffix slide and talk about ness. N e s s converts an adjective into a noun for instance if we were to take the adjective round and we were to put NESS on the back end of it we would get the word roundness which is the state of being round what about another word let's take the word happy if we took the adjective happy and we put Ness on the back end of it, we get the noun happiness, which is the state of being happy. Now, let's go to our word forgive. If we take the word forgive and we add ness on the end of it, what you get is the noun forgiveness. What does forgiveness mean? Go back to our origin slide. What does forgiveness mean? Now, forgive, the premise of that word in its origin is to give up desire or power to punish. So, forgiveness. Is the state where one has been set free from the desire to punish someone for what they did. You see that? Forgiveness is the state of being set free from the desire to punish someone for what they did or for their offense forgiveness is that state of being free from that desire whenever you see forgiveness and you think about the origin i want that to resonate in your i want that to resonate in your spirit that forgiveness is. Being free from the desire to punish someone for what they did. When we think about forgiveness as being in the state of being free from the desire to punish, well, That points us to the second fundamental roadblock to a person viewing forgiveness as possible. Take a look back at our roadblocks. We've talked about what forgiveness entails. This second roadblock is a person could possibly not see forgiveness as possible. If they are unaware that forgiveness is actually for them. Loved ones, when you realize that being in the state of forgiveness sets you free, it brings to the notion, the surfer, it brings to the surface, the notion that forgiveness is for you. I want you to listen to me clearly. Family forgiveness is for you. Not the person. Or persons who wronged you I want you to make that personal I want you to say forgiveness is for me not the person or persons who wronged me now let's double back and I want you to say that in a more general sense I want you to say forgiveness is for the one who got hurt Not the one or ones who did the hurting. That's right. Forgiveness. My brother, that thing is for you. Forgiveness, my sister, that thing is for you. Young man, young woman, young boy, young girl, forgiveness. It's not for the persons or the person that hurt you. Forgiveness, that thing is for you. You being a forgiver means that you're putting yourself in position to do something for you. Forgiveness is for you. I want you to bear in mind, though, that you forgiving somebody can have a positive effect on the person that did something to offend you. It's very possible that when you forgive somebody that you can somehow have the effect of lifting some burden of guilt that they have been carrying around off of their shoulders. It can happen. Your forgiveness can be good for the offender. But far above what that forgiveness means to the offender is what it does for you. What forgiveness does for you is far greater than what it does for your offender. You being a forgiver sets you free and let me interject a quick side note here because when we talk about things that people need to be forgiven for a lot of times we focus it on things that were done to us But if we were to really think about that thing, we would recognize that it doesn't necessarily have to be something that was done to us. Something that is done to us is probably the lion's share of things, but it's not always the case. Someone can do something to a loved one of yours. And that thing can cause you to have a little unpleasant feeling in your heart toward them they can do something to a friend they can do something to a child they can do something to a relative hey listen sometimes a person can do something to people that you don't even know but the simple fact that you know the act that they did and you have such disdain for the act that they did it can cause you to look at them through the eyes of, hey, I think they should be punished for what they did. So when you forgive somebody, you can be forgiving them, be forgiving them for something they did to you or something that was just somehow to you offensive. The bottom line, though, is Forgiveness is for you. And being a forgiver, guess what? It sets you free. Then there is our third roadblock. Our third roadblock is about a person could see Or Imagine I should say that forgiveness is not possible When they don't recognize and accept forgiveness is a choice I Want you to look at John 14 Verses 15 through 17 in the passion translation Yeah, family forgiving is a choice If you are willing to give up the desire or power to punish. Yeah, you can be a forgiver. Moreover, if you are in Christ. If you are born again. You know that you have on the inside of you a helper. You have living on the inside of you the Holy Spirit to help you get to that point of forgiveness. Listen to what Jesus says here in John 14 verses 15 through 17. The passion translation loving me empowers you to obey my commands. And I will ask the father and he will give you another savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me. And he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him. But you know him intimately because he remains with you and will live inside you. Paul also talks about the Holy Spirit residing on the inside. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 through 14, in the Passion Translation, Paul says this, And because of him, meaning Christ, and because of him, when you who are not Jews heard the revelation of truth, you believed in the wonderful news of salvation. Now we have been stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit, He is given to us like an engagement ring as the first installment of what's coming. He is our hope promise of a future inheritance, which seals us until we have all of redemption's promises and experience complete freedom. All for the supreme glory and honor of God. Family, because the spirit of God resides on the inside of you, you possess the capacity to forgive. You got it on the inside of you. The capacity exists. Think about this. God is on the inside. And since the very beginning of time, since the moment Adam and Eve, Got ejected from the Garden of Eden. God has been working on one plan. What is that plan? Forgiveness. There is one scripture in the Bible or one scripture reference in the Bible that is probably quoted more than any other. And we find that in John three sixteen. It's the one that says in the King James, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. John 316 in the Passion Translation reads this way. For here is the way God loved the world. He gave his only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but experience everlasting life. If we were to boil down that verse to a single statement or those verses, there's two of them to a single statement that is applicable to our topic, it would be this. We would say God put forth his best effort to extend forgiveness to the world, period. Forgiveness, that's part of God's character. And there is no way that you can have the God of all forgiveness living on the inside of you and deny that you have the capacity to forgive. No way you can do that. Of course, you can always decide not to forgive. But what that would be is you making a conscious decision. It would be a conscious decision on your part to well hold on to the desire to punish one thing I want you to notice is that through all of our conversating today there is one word that has gone unspoken and that word is unforgiveness The beauty of what we've done, though, during this session is that if you look at all the information that you've received, you have all the insights currently to decipher for yourself what unforgiveness means or unforgiveness is. However, I don't want to leave that to chance. So we're going to decipher it together. I want you to quickly look back to our origin slide. Now, the origin, once again, of the word forgive, it says the premise is to give up desire or power to punish. Thinking of that origin, if when you say, I am a forgiver, it means that you have given up the desire or power to punish. And if when we look at the word forgiveness, we say forgiveness is a state of being free from the desire to punish someone for what they did, we can deduce that unforgiveness. Is the state of being bound or shackled to the desire to punish somebody for what they did. That's unforgiveness. When unforgiveness is your state, you are bound or shackled to that desire to punish. let me ask you a question in the case of forgiveness since forgiveness is being free from the desire to punish who is it that sets you free i know as believers the first response we want to say is jesus or we want to say the holy spirit or we want to say The spirit of God on the inside of us sets us free. In reality, family. You set you free. That might be hard to hear. But as it relates to the desire to punish. You set you free. What about unforgiveness? Who is it? that binds you or shackles you to the desire to punish once again that's you you shackle yourself, you bind yourself to the desire to punish both forgiveness and unforgiveness are choices when you, can, when you ask yourself if you're honest and you say Who is it that sets me free from the desire to punish? That answer should be you do. Who is it that binds or shackles me to the desire to punish? You do. It may wrestle in your mind Why is it that you cannot say Jesus is the one that sets me free? The reason I say that it's you is because yes indeed loved ones You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you But the Holy Spirit is there to lead you and guide you the Holy Spirit is there to help you He is a lead and is a guide. He is not a drag Kicking and screaming Holy Spirit to force you to do anything. If you are going to be free from the desire to punish, you have to have the desire to be free from that desire to punish. The Holy Spirit can lead you there, but you have to let him. You have to let the mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. You have to let that you have to let your light shine before men. That's something that you have to do. You got to let the peace of God rule in your heart. That is something you got to do. Hey, listen, even the salvation, especially the salvation that we teach and preach about, that thing is a choice. You have to let Jesus come into your heart. You have to let him be both Lord and Savior over your life. You got to let when it comes to being set free from the desire to punish. It all starts with you. It's a choice. The bottom line is you can forgive if you really want to. You can start going down the road to be free from that memory, from that hatred, from that desire to see that person punished if you want to. Forgiveness, just like unforgiveness, loved ones, is a choice. And you can forgive if you really want to. What you need to do to get yourself down that path is you need to release yourself from the desire to punish. So the stage is now set. That establishes the foundation for what we mean when we say the word forgiveness. It sets the stage for what we mean when we say we want you to be a forgiver. It sets the stage for what we mean when we use the word forgive. When you think of the word forgive, I want you to think of it in the context of giving up the desire or power to punish someone for what they did. Beyond this point, as we move forward, I set my sights on just one thing. I set my sights on eagerly anticipating all the testimonies that I'm going to get of people coming up to me and informing me that they are now a forgiver. I look forward to observing and hearing from people that they are now basking in the state of freedom. Because they are in the state of of forgiveness I love you so much and I'm so looking forward to what other revelation God's gonna bring through this series let's pray God I thank you for each and every person that is here and open to receive your word whether whether they are here with us or whether they listen to this sometime in the future we want them to know that a forgiver is where we want to is where we want to be that's who we want to be Forgiving someone is not about reconciliation. It's not about condoning what they did. It's not about assuming that it's going to magically erase your pain. It's not about denying the pain that was caused to you. Caused. No. Forgiving someone is an act of setting yourself free from the desire. To see them punished when you hold on to that desire it binds you in so many ways it binds you from enjoying your future it keeps you shackled to your past father our prayer Is that each and every person begins to go down that road towards forgiveness. If they have a roadblock. And if they are a child of yours. We pray that they let the Holy Spirit do the work on the inside. To help them forgive. Forgiveness can be tricky, but it's not impossible. And we pray that we hear those testimonies, Father, of how people are freeing themselves. by allowing the Holy Spirit to help them forgive. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.